This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Complaint that's gone viral out of Sudbury. We're at the hospital there, the Health Sciences North Hospital. Uh, a woman, 89-year-old, was left unattended for uh, a number of days, moved five times in total before she got a hospital room. And so a friend uh, went on social media and lodged the complaint. I'm going to tell you, she said, this ministry, and I mean it full-heartedly, and I hope you take it to heart, you are killing people. Let's see what the health minister, Christine Elliott, has to say on that front and what plans are in place to finally alleviate this ongoing festering sore that is considered hallway medicine. Uh, Minister Elliott, good to have you on the Oakley Show. Good afternoon. Hello, John. Are you familiar with this complaint or the the viral uh, Facebook posting that's uh, caused a lot of consternation? Yes, I am familiar with it, and um, it is uh, very uh, unfortunate that this woman received this uh, treatment and being treated in a hospital hallway. Uh, This is not what we um, uh, owe the residents of this province. They expect and deserve better, and our healthcare professionals need to uh, be operating under better circumstances, too. So we, um, I, I would say that this isn't a situation that has just grown up all of a sudden. It has been building for a number of years, and unfortunately, it's not going to go away quickly because there's so many reasons um, for it and things that we need to do to correct the situation. But I can tell you we are acting on those issues immediately. All right. Well, okay, immediately. Some people are uh, curious about that timeline because according to the hospital's CEO, uh, this is Dominic Giroux, he said he submitted a plan to the ministry for 37 new beds back in January and still hasn't gotten a response. Well, that request is being um, actively considered now, but I would also say that there were 20 surge beds that were granted to the um, to the Sudbury Hospital for 2019-20. So it isn't as if they haven't received um, anything. They did receive 3.6 million dollars to support those 20 beds for 365 days, and they've also received um, four additional beds through the surge season, as well as four mental health beds. So they are receiving help. Um, I, I know that uh, there are. They need further assistance, as do almost every hospital in Ontario right now. Many are operating at over 100% capacity, and we do have flu season approaching. So, we are taking steps first of all to have those patients who are considered um, alternate level of care. In other words, people who um, don't need to be in the hospital, but there isn't a long-term care bed for them to go to. We are looking at creating capacity there and. And we have already found um, half of the beds that we need for the first five years. We promised 15,000 beds. So we are working on that. We also want to make sure that we can keep people out of hospital uh, using mental health and addictions. For example, we know that there are many people who are living in our community that cycle in and out of hospital but don't receive the treatment that they need. They go to the hospital because that's where the only place they know to go to if they're really in a crisis. All right, that's the rationalization. I guess that's the rationalization for the backlog and people then suffering or languishing in hallways. But when you say you promised 15,000 beds, walk me through it so we all understand, how does this work? I mean, is it a matter of just, you know, you get the money, you can buy the beds, or is there something else that delays the timeline of implementation? 
Well, it takes time to build them if you're building new bricks and mortar. So we have uh, agreed uh, with respect to uh, the producers, the owners of the beds, that um, the province will fund them, and, but it does take time to build them. But we're also looking at more immediate solutions. In some situations, in some parts of Ontario, there may be retirement homes, for example, that have extra space that where people can be um, moved, which is a more home-like environment for them and which they want, but it also gives them the opportunity to, um, to move out of the hospital so people that need the hospital spaces can have a room to be in instead of a hallway. Those are the kinds of solutions we're looking at, both long-term and shorter-term, because to tell people it's going to take three years to get rid of this issue is not satisfactory, and I know that. So we are looking at more immediate solutions, sometimes with retirement homes, sometimes with reactivation care centers. We've opened several of those old hospitals that have been reopened that can receive those patients who um, are able to be moved from an acute care hospital where they will receive both physical and um, some um, mental um, stimulation, being able to um, converse with and, and um, be with other people. We're finding that some of those people don't need to go to long-term care at the end of the day. They can actually go back home with home care support. So there's a whole variety of um, uh, solutions that we are bringing forward, but this is a, a difficult problem. We have over a 1,000 people a day receiving hallway health care, um, but uh, it's, with a flu season coming upon us, I, I think that's going to be a little bit of an extra strain, but once we move past that, we are going to see those numbers coming down. Again, with Christine Elliott, the health minister in the province. So you're talking about long-term care facilities or home care to relieve or alleviate the pressure on the hospital system yeah. itself. Uh, and has have you seen any, say, mitigation of the hallway medicine situation by opening up more long-term care facilities and directing people to home care? Is that already happening and you foresee it getting better and better in the short term? It is happening in some parts of the province, not in all parts of the provinces yet, but I do see that as being a significant solution to the concern because many hospitals have up to 20 to 25% of their entire patient population at any given time are alternate level of care patients that don't actually need to be there, but we just don't have the facilities to place them in a, in a better location. So when you say you don't have the facilities, now are you alluding again to having to uh, create from the bottom up? new facilities, expand facilities. For example, I understand the province is investing uh, over $380 million in the hospital sector through yeah. the next year. Uh, is that How is that going to be apportioned into existing bricks-and-mortar hospitals, more long-term care facilities? How is that going to work? Well, we have this $384 million is for actual hospital operations. That's increasing this year. We've also made an increase of $155 million extra dollars into home care facilities to help people who are able to be moved out of hospital into the home. We've also invested another additional $174 million into mental health and addiction supports in the community so that people don't need to go to hospital. They can be treated in the community. And we are also looking at building 
more long-term care beds and more hospitals. We have pledged that we would spend $27 billion over the next 10 years to create 3,000 more hospital spaces. So we are spending more money on health care, $1.3 billion more this year than last year, and we are creating those spaces. It's, it takes a little bit of time to get them into place, but we are building those spaces to relieve the pressures that hospitals across the province are feeling right now. This money that's earmarked for the hospitals, the $384 million you cited, are those two yes. privately run hospitals or government run hospitals? Public hospitals. They are. Public hospitals, that's right, yes. Would there ever be an issue with a privately run hospital in this province? We are focusing our attention on our public health care system. That is one that we are very proud of, that we know is under strain, and that is our priority. We want to make sure that we have a strong, sustainable, accessible public system. All right. I just wondered if it could be built by private interests and operated through the government, uh, just sort of, you know, a public-private partnership of sorts. on the other matter, I mean, uh, $67 million is going to address high occupancy challenges. I'm guessing that's hallway medicine. That's code for hallway medicine, right? Yes, yes. Okay, and what does that work out to on a per capita basis? Is that like annually, or is that one year, or over four years, five years, that kind of thing? Well, we are including that extra $66.7 million to provide a continuation of support for surge beds. Uh, to alleviate hospitals with experiencing high occupancy challenges. And we've also invested $45 million for, we call it, targeted innovative care models. And so in areas that have really, really high levels of hospital um, hallway um, services, what we want to do is take a look geographically at what would help uh, reduce that. In some cases, it's more work with retirement homes. In some cases, it's more work with home care and making sure that people can be discharged home with the home care supports that they need. So we are investing this money to make sure that we can get the numbers down in the areas where we have the highest um, problems. And we're going to be following this very closely to see um, if this makes a good long-term investment. But to have this problem continue without doing anything innovative is not going to produce the results that we need. We need to really take a look at what is going to make a difference in the different parts of the province. Yeah, and I'm guessing then you're going to audit the results uh, going forward uh, somewhat regularly, no? Absolutely. I think that's critical, yeah. that we need to see what's going to work the best and continue to make investments in the things that are working and in the areas that are not, then we will cease those investments. You know, finally, I've got to ask, I mean, $384 million is a, a rather significant lump sum, but is that yes. going to be enough with an aging population going forward? It seems like uh, in some instances we're almost, uh, again, shoveling sand against the tide. It's uh, going to get worse before it gets better, or am I wrong? Well, we are working uh, really collaboratively with hospitals right now, and hospitals are doing the same with their home and community care partners. So what we really want to see happen is that uh, people um, not being admitted as frequently as they are into hospitals if they don't need to be. So we need to do that triage to see if people need to be in hospital or can they be cared for at home with the right home and community care supports coming to them. So I think that we need to take a look at doing things differently than we have in the past, and that's what the whole uh, transformation 
vision of healthcare is about that we have embarked upon, and we want to work with frontline providers to understand what's going to work best for them in their own geographic areas. So, Minister, could you tell me definitively here and now that a year out, uh, and hopefully that timeline isn't too aggressive, but the the situation with this 89-year-old mother uh, whose personal hygiene was not attended to, she was moved five times before she got a hospital room, and uh, languishing in the hallways, as many are in Ontario hospitals, this situation will no longer persist in Ontario hospitals? I can't promise you that it will be completely eliminated, but I can tell you that, yes, it is going to be vastly improved. All right. I appreciate your uh, weighing in this afternoon and uh, continue to audit these results going forward, and we'll keep uh, an anxious eye on same. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, John. You've got it. Christine Elliott, again, is Ontario's Minister of Health. It's really disconcerting, you know, especially, you you know, you've got aging parents, grandparents, or you're knowing you're on your own, you know, on the cusp of your own dotage, uh, and this is not something that gives you pause for uh, relaxation or anything, thinking, geez, you know, am I going to end up in a hospital ward? <laughs> I've seen it firsthand, you know, and then you've got the folks who are strung out on meth coming in, the cops are escorting them, they're trying to keep the guy tied down on the gurney. Meanwhile, your loved one is sitting there in a merge with a tent around them because that's the best they can afford in way of privacy for two, three days. It's outrageous. And uh, I guess the minister is right insofar as, you know, too many people actually accessing the hospitals when they should be in long-term care facilities or home care would be the better gambit. Yeah, people do want to, you know, recover at home if that's all possible, rather than in a hospital room where uh, sometimes they're ill-attended. Don't you hate that, the frustration of that as well? You're hitting the buzzer. You think the nurse is going to come over? Not anytime soon. And you see them out there. They're at their station. <laughs> I'm not picking on the nurses. It's just my own observation, for crying out loud. Uh, and maybe they think, well, that person, we don't need to attend to them at every whim and every fancy, so we'll just we'll save it for now. But, uh, geez, you know, you're incapacitated. You're on the gurney. And, I don't know, your milk's curdled. You want to get some fresh milk or something? Like, boy, they don't want to answer to that. But this is really very, very frustrating for the loved ones who sit there. And they're in, you know, distress too. And trying to uh, maintain some semblance of civility. And, geez, you know, it's really awful when you've got a game. Out in the hallway with all kinds of folks milling about. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.